This is the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security, for Thursday, August 19th, 2021. Apple's recently announced Expanded Protections for Children program has drawn support, but also a number of questions and concerns. We'll spend this week's entire episode on explaining the main objectives and the security and privacy ramifications of Apple's Expanded Protections for Children. Now, here are the hosts of the Intego Mac Podcast, veteran Mac journalist Kirk McElhern and Intego's Chief Security Analyst, Josh Long. Good morning, Josh. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you, Kirk? I'm fine. I'm still chuffed that we did 200 episodes, and our 200th episode was last week, and now we're at 201. It's kind of like we reset the odometer, so we've got to go almost another two years to get to 300, which is the next big milestone. You said chuffed, which um, is probably yeah. because you're in the UK. That's a Britishism. That means happy, delighted, excited, etc. For this week's episode, I'm not here. I'm in an undisclosed location, so we recorded this episode on the 11th of August. It's very possible that some things may change between the 11th and the date that this is published, which is on the 19th of August. We'll be referencing an article on the Intego Mac Security blog, Apple Announces Expanded Protections for Children, and if anything has changed, this article will be updated. So what we're going to talk about today, sort of a complex topic, but this is something that's really important, I think, to discuss. Apple has announced some, as as we said, expanded protections for children, and these are features that are coming up in the next versions of iOS, iPadOS, and also macOS. So, uh, so we're talking about iOS and iPadOS 15, as well as macOS Monterey, which are supposed to be all coming out this fall. Okay, a little bit of timeline. On Friday, August 6, Apple came out with some information about these features. Friday afternoon in the middle of August, thinking people wouldn't notice. Not that people wouldn't notice, but people were too busy. And the criticism was immediate and quite loud and resounding. Apple then scrambled over the weekend to come out with an FAQ for the following Monday morning to explain a lot more things. They released a bunch of technical documents, which they'd probably already drafted, but which weren't available at the very beginning. I, I think we're going to spend the whole episode talking about this. One of the problems that Apple made here is the communication. They should have come out with everything at once because there was an awful lot of speculation about how these features were working. Apple's explanations in the FAQ help to clear some things up, but there are still some elements that aren't clear how everything works. I think one of the problems is that, let's start with a very widely held opinion among people who are into privacy. Apple says that what happens on iPhone stays on iPhone. Remember that poster from the Consumer Electronics Show in yeah, there was 2018, 2019? Yeah. Well, now it's not so much private that Apple's actually going to be scanning photos on your iPhone. Privacy advocates see this as a real threat and We'll talk about that during the show. So here's what they're trying to do. They're trying to protect children, and they're trying to limit the spread of child sexual abuse material. The abbreviation is CSAM. We got to say, I've never seen any of this stuff, but I've read about it. This is horrible stuff. This is, you know, stuff that gets traded online on the dark web. People are often arrested for this. It's totally illegal in most countries of the world. The goal is 100% laudable. The problem is how they're going about 
trying to detect this material. Right, exactly. And so, you know, you start from from looking at it from the perspective of, oh, okay, well, so that sounds good that Apple is doing something to try to protect children, right? And I think most people would agree that that some of these features are are really um, well thought out, and some of the others are maybe not so much. There's certainly a lot of disagreement, but and and so we'll try to like to be careful about sharing both sides of it, just like we we have in in our article on the Mac Security blog. Obviously, there are a lot of different opinions uh, that range the whole spectrum on this, but we'll try to give you the facts and and also explain why there are some concerns about a couple of these features in particular. Okay, so this protection includes three features. The first one is that the Messages app will scan photos that are sent and received to check if they contain sensitive content and will alert children and parents if any is found. The second one is the one that people are talking about the most, where iOS and iPadOS will actually scan photos in your Photos app on your iPhone or iPad that are preparing to be uploaded to iCloud. This is an important distinction. They're not in iCloud, but that you're going to sync to iCloud. And they're going to be scanning these against a known database of CSAM images. Now, remember, CSAM is child sexual abuse material. One thing that I've thought is that in all this discussion, making an acronym of this makes it seem like it's less horrible, but this is really horrible, you know, the kind of material they're looking for. The third one is Siri and Search, which will be enhanced to, as and I quote Apple, provide parents and children expanded information and help if they encounter unsafe situations. So let's start with messages first, because actually I find that discussing the messages question is going to raise a lot of questions when we discuss the second part about CSAM photo detection going up to iCloud. Kids are growing up fast these days, aren't they? When I was young, we wouldn't send nude photos over messages. Well, we didn't have messages. We wouldn't take nude Polaroids and send them to people, but apparently kids do. And the idea here is to protect both children who might be sending photos to someone, and this can be a problem there. There are all sorts of problems where someone sends nude photos to someone else, and then that person shares them and shames the person, etc. Or maybe an adult is sending nude photos to a kid. And so what Message is going to do is it's going to spot photos that contain nudity. And it's going to display something. I've got a screenshot from Apple's presentation here in the article. If if you get one of these photos, you'll see something that says, this could be sensitive to view. Are you sure? And it's got a couple bullet points. It's your choice, but your parents want to know you're safe, right? So this is really saying to, to kids that well, first of all, we caught you. Second of all, there's some reasons why you shouldn't do this. Now, what's important with this is Apple says they won't share any information about this with law enforcement. So while it certainly is illegal under a certain age to be sending and receiving these things, they're not going to be telling anyone about this. They're just doing it for kids and parents. You've got to opt in. The you have to If you're a child, you have to be part of a family group account that's managed by a parent. This is all opt in. It's not going to happen automatically. But here's the thing. It's scanning the photos for nudity. Remember this when we talk about the CSAM later because they claim they're doing something different. So if you send a photo, you know, of, I don't know, Josh, let's say of your pecs or your abs, maybe that will look like nudity and it'll scan the photo. I mean, you might send photos of something else, but I don't think you would. But it's scanning the content of the photo. It's looking at what the photo represents. It's not looking at some digital signature in the photo. 
Right, exactly. So first of all, these features that Apple has announced, they say that they are only available in the U.S. or will at first only be available in the U.S. For now, yes. Right. So they may expand these same features to other countries later on. But at first, this is in the U.S. And as you mentioned, with this particular messages feature, this is, uh, again, only for uh, children under the age of 13 and only if their account is managed by a a parent in a family group. Um, So there's very, very limited circumstances where you'll get this kind of a warning. Um, Now, it's kind of interesting to me. uh, There's a couple of interesting things about that, at least. Um, One is why age 13? Now, obviously, in the United States, there are different rules and things for kids of certain ages. But, I mean, clearly, if... 14 through 17 is still under the legal age. And so it's kind of odd that it doesn't cover that group. Um, but then also, I think there are a lot of, uh, of people who would probably want to enable protection against, you know, getting nudes um, unexpectedly. Um, you probably don't want unsolicited nudes from anybody, even if you're an adult. Um, you know, there are specific circumstances where somebody might want that. But uh, generally speaking, I don't think that most people would just want that unsolicited. So this doesn't apply to adults either. Um, If you have an unmanaged account, you're not going to get any notification or any warning that, hey, this text message that somebody just sent you may contain a nude uh, and give you a warning before uh, displaying that image. So one of the things that I'm thinking, and if... If you can think back to the episode we did last week with Patrick Wardle, where he was talking about an iOS flaw that he found where someone typed the Taiwanese flag into messages and it crashed an iPhone. Well, this is looking for nudes. What if it was looking for Chinese flag photos? What if it was looking for other types of photos? Remember, it's looking at the content of the photos. And when we talk about the CSAM, and I'm stressing this, it's saying that it's not looking at the content of the photos for that detection. So... This tool that Apple's developed is using AI, machine learning, all that fancy stuff to look at the content of the photos and to filter it. Now, if they can filter your photos and give you a warning because there are nudes, they could filter your photos and block them or give a warning because a certain government has asked them to because they contain other things. Right. Yeah, that's theoretically true. Um, and, and so this is one of a couple of technologies that we'll talk about that because Apple has developed this technology, it is a very small step from, you know, oh, good, you're, you already have this tech available. So now in our country, we're going to start requiring you to be doing this with that tech that you've already developed. Exactly. And that's the slippery slope that we're worried about. Right. It's it, so, it, so this feature doesn't sound bad. I mean, if anything, um, it's potentially something that could be expanded a little bit further. Um, I mean, it's great. We like the idea of protecting kids from seeing content that they shouldn't be seeing. And, um, you know, some people might find it a little controversial that, you know, that parents um, would get a notification. But I, I think probably most parents would appreciate that, right? They don't want their kids to be getting um, unsolicited nudes and not know anything about it. And so that's what Apple is trying to help um, by protecting kids in that way. Um, so 
if anything, one could almost make the argument that this feature could be expanded further for protecting children. Um, but there is a little bit of worry here with this feature that it could potentially be used in other countries where there's maybe an authoritarian regime and they're very concerned about discussions of democracy and anything that's like that goes against what the official law in the country says. The third feature that Apple mentioned, and we're going to go through this really quick because there's not much, Siri and search. If you make any queries related to CSAM or any other child abuse things, Siri will tell you this isn't good. And they might give you some suggestions of anonymous helpers and guidance exist for adults with at-risk thoughts and behavior. Material depicting the sexual abuse of children is illegal. This is pretty simple. Basically, Siri and Search and Safari, they're looking at your search terms, and rather than giving you an answer, they're saying, hey, you shouldn't be doing this. Well, or it would also prompt you if it thinks that you're trying to report there's some you know, abuse of children or something like that. Um, so the couple of dialogue boxes that they show in their example screenshots, um, Siri may say something like, there are systems for reporting online child exploitation with a button that says file a report. And the other example they give is material depicting the sexual abuse of children is illegal. Anonymous helplines and guidance exists for adults with at risk thoughts and behavior. And there's a button learn more and get help. So depending on what it is that you're trying to search for, um, you may get one of these prompts. If you're trying to report that kind of uh, of material, then you've got a button for that. If you're trying to look up things that are illegal, then it also warns you and offers to help you to overcome that problem. Just to mention the first thing we talked about in messages, it only applies to messages. No third-party messaging app gets this, neither WhatsApp nor Messenger or anything else. The Siri in search applies to Siri and searches in Safari. It doesn't apply to other browsers. Apple has said that they make, make these technologies available to third parties. And I think if they are making these available in messages, they should be available in all messaging apps, or at least all messaging apps should have the option to offer something like this. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to start talking about CSAM detection, which is going to take a little bit longer. Protecting your online security and privacy has never been more important than it is today. Intego has been proudly protecting Mac users since 1997, and our latest Mac protection suite includes the tools you need to stay protected in 2021. Intego's Mac Premium Bundle X9 includes Virus Barrier, the world's best Mac anti-malware protection, Net Barrier for powerful inbound and outbound firewall security, Personal Backup will keep your important files safe from ransomware, and much more to help protect, secure, and organize your Mac. Best of all, it's compatible with macOS Big Sur and the latest Apple Silicon Macs. Download the free trial of Mac Premium Bundle X9 from Intego.com today. When you're ready to buy, Intego Mac Podcast listeners can get a special discount by using the link in this episode's show notes at podcast.intego.com. That's podcast.intego.com. And click on this episode to find the special discount link exclusively for Intego Mac Podcast listeners. Intego. World-class protection and utility software for Mac users. Made by the Mac security experts. Okay, CSAM detection, and this is where we're getting a lot of pushback by people concerned with privacy. 
We talked about the messages system where it's actually looking at the content of photos. And the CSAM detection, Apple doesn't have photos. They shouldn't have photos. They're illegal. They're apparently quite hard to look at. The National Center for Missing and Exploited Children has created a database of photos. And what they've done is they've hashed a bunch of photos and Apple has a machine learning AI thing that enables them to look at photos and compare them to the hashes. We won't get too much into the details. In my article on the Intego Mac Security blog, I link to a white paper that Apple has describing the technology. But what it comes to is that for these CSAM photos, they are not looking at the content of the photos, unlike the nudes and messages where they are. Now, this database that they have, I believe it's hundreds of thousands of photos, and these are hashes. We've talked about hashes before. It's you take all the data in a file and you apply some sort of mathematical calculation. You get a number that's pretty much unique. Apple says there's a one in a trillion chance of a false positive. So Apple is actually doing the, the detection on device instead of in the cloud. And they're actually using some different techniques. So normally when you think of a hash, you think of um, a, a an unmodified file that will always result in the same hash. And they're actually doing some additional um, checks to see whether there might be a cropped version of one of those pictures or maybe converted from color to black and white or different things like that. So they have other methods that they can do, again, on device to determine whether it might be a, a variation of one of these known illegal images. Now, other companies are already doing this in the cloud. Facebook, Google, Microsoft, WordPress, they're all doing it. And there's a link in my article to a New York Times article talking about in 2019, the numbers, in fact, there are more videos than photos now being reported. I don't believe that Apple will be scanning videos. All I saw a mention of was photos. I think videos are a little bit more complex because, you know, the frames and, and all that. One of the problems is that as different companies are making reports, so Google reported more than three and a half million images and videos, Yahoo, two million, Microsoft, Dropbox, Snap and Twitter, more than 100,000. Facebook reported 20 million photos, most of them that went over Messenger. But interestingly, a quote that I got here from a New York Times article, about half the content was not necessarily illegal, according to the company. It was reported to help law enforcement with investigations. I find that phrase a bit telling. Well, if it wasn't illegal, why are you giving it to law enforcement for investigations? Yeah, well, and that actually brings up another interesting point here is that um, what Apple is doing, and I think the part of the reason why they're doing it the way that they're planning to do it is that they feel like this is protecting your privacy much more than these other third parties where you can store photos on their on their you know their cloud um you know what apple is doing is actually doing that detection on device so so those you know all of your files don't necessarily even get uploaded because if something is flagged then it won't end up on the on the iCloud photo library. So arguably, you know, some, some would, would say that what Apple is doing does better protect your privacy. It does better protect the user. Um, also, there, there are additional checks in place. So if you do happen to hit that one in a trillion chance that your, your photo um, is mistakenly flagged, then Apple has an employee that will review that photo 
and identify whether it actually does match this, you know, uh, child exploitation content. So the question of why on devices than on iCloud, and there could be certain reasons, but analyst Ben Thompson pointed out, instead of adding CSAM scanning to iCloud photos in the cloud that they own and operate, Apple is compromising the phone that you and I own and operate without any of us having a say in the matter. Yes, you can turn off iCloud photos to disable Apple scanning, but this is a policy decision. The capability to reach into a user's phone now exists, and there is nothing an iPhone user can do to get rid of it. And that's the real slippery slope, that if they can start scanning for one type of content in your phone, what's going to stop them? Now, Imagine that the FBI had a whole bunch of photos of people they were trying to track, and they could give Apple a database, and Apple could scan all the photos and get the location data. I mean, that would be wonderful for solving crimes, wouldn't it? But is this the society we want to live in where your photos are being scanned by law enforcement? Imagine if the Chinese government says, well, we want you to scan for these dissidents. Here's a database of information about their photos. Let's not forget that Apple already bowed to the Chinese to move iCloud data to Chinese servers and gave the Chinese state the keys. What's to stop China from trying to force Apple to search for other things? Right. And I think that's the biggest concern of all with, in terms of privacy. So one particular example that of, of a picture that might be illegal to have on your device in China might be a picture of a particular man in front of a particular tank in a particular location. Um, a, there's a very famous photo that um, the Chinese government would not like you to have on your device. So um, because Apple has in the past caved um, to, you know, follow Chinese law, now that this technology exists, this technology could potentially be demanded for use and for other purposes by other governments. So one of the, the arguments that Apple had made in the past, if I'm not mistaken, I think this was an argument that they made uh, back during the... Um, the whole San Bernardino shooting where the United States government was trying to get access to the shooter's iPhone. And Apple uh, was making the argument that they could not be compelled to write new software to break into their own devices, and they could not be compelled to create a new backdoor um, because you know there was no um, precedent for being forced to actually create software to make their own products less secure. That was the argument that they made, or one of the arguments that they made. And now what Apple has actually done is they've <laughs> they've created software that can be used the theoretically for other purposes. I mean, even if you're even if you're only looking at it from the perspective of scanning uh, photos that are on your device. So we're not even talking about now expanding this out into, you know, looking into other types of content or things that are going on in other apps. Even if you're just talking about your photo library, that's something that could be used against you depending on your government and, and what sort of restrictions they have in place, how authoritarian they are. Um, so this is potentially a big concern. The Tankman photo is a good example because in 2019, the camera company Leica 
made an ad as about three minutes long, a video ad, using that photo and showing a photographer using a Leica camera to take the picture. And the Chinese authorities went berserk and made them take it down. Of course, the funny part is it turned out that the photo wasn't shot on a Leica, but it was shot on a Nikon camera. And the ad agency that made the film was just you know, using it as a metaphor. But Leica got in a lot of trouble because that photo alone can put you in prison in China. So let's say you've saved a copy of that from, you know, a website in your camera roll and it goes up to iCloud and the Chinese are looking for that or looking for other dissidents or other countries which are authoritarian that are looking for dissidents. And this is a real serious issue when that door gets opened and Apple has to decide whether they whether they're willing to give up a market instead of allowing governments to access this sort of thing. Right. And, and that's that's the real big concern because Apple has said many times that China is, a, they see China as a very important market. Regardless of the market share that Apple currently has in China, they they look at China as a, a place where they can expand a lot more and, and significantly increase their market share. And so Apple has concerns, I think, about wanting to make sure that they're not offending the Chinese government. And this, and, and this isn't just about China. That's just one example where we can see a lot of um, potential for what some might consider to be abuse. Well, they did recently do something in Russia where they removed apps from the App Store or something. I don't remember exactly, but they have acceded to demands from different countries. I, I just want to point out that in Apple's FAQ, they say that they will refuse if any government says this. They say the detection capability is built solely to detect known CSAM images stored in iCloud photos that have been identified at experts at NCMEC and other child safety groups. We have faced demands to build and deploy government-mandated changes that degrade the privacy of users before and have steadfastly refused those demands, which isn't true because they've moved iCloud data to China and they've given access to the Chinese government. But they say they will not accede to any government's request to expand it. They say that now. We don't know what's going to happen later. And, and I think that's one of the problems. I, I want to quote an FAQ on tidbits by Glenn Fleischman and Rich Mogul. They say Apple created this system of scanning users' photos on their devices using advanced technologies to protect the privacy of the innocent. But Apple is still scanning users' photos on their devices without consent. And the act of installing iOS 15 doesn't count as true consent. Right. And, and I think where Apple is sort of making their argument is, well, having iCloud photos enabled is consent. Be, because we're letting you know before iOS 15 comes out that if you have iCloud Photos enabled, then this is something that's going to happen, again, if you are in the U.S. So what it comes down to in the end is if you are sharing and storing these images, you've read about this and you know about it and you're turning off iCloud Photos or you're not using an iPhone or now you know how much they're being scanned in the cloud by Microsoft and Google and Dropbox, so you're not using them either and you're going to the dark web where much of this occurs. So, I mean, we can say, is it really worth it? Is it worth it for the 1% of people who may not have heard about this? I would argue that this sort of abuse is horrific and any way to stop any of it helps. Right. But do, does this actually help? Does catching a few people with photos help stop the abuse? I don't know. I think that's above our pay grade, to be honest. Yeah, and, and, and really that is a challenging problem to solve. And I think that's why Apple is going in this direction. They're, they're, they're trying to preserve privacy while also making sure that they're being responsible and trying to protect children in a way that 
um, is hopefully a little bit more privacy conscious than what uh, some other companies are, are doing. Um, th- I think that that's Apple's perspective. They they want to do the right thing. They they want to help um, you know prevent uh, exploitation of children, which is great. I, I don't think anybody faults Apple for wanting that. Um, it's it's just that now that Apple's developed the, these technologies, there are potential ways that they can be abused. That's what uh, what a lot of people are concerned about. Okay, link in the show notes to my article on the Intego Mac security blog. Until next week, Josh, stay secure. All right, stay secure. Thanks for listening to the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security, with your hosts, Kirk McElhern and Josh Long. To get every weekly episode, be sure to follow us in Apple Podcasts or subscribe in your favorite podcast app. And if you can, leave a rating, a like, or a review. Links to topics and information mentioned in the podcast can be found in the show notes for the episode at podcast.intego.com. The Intego website is also where to find details on the full line of Intego security and utility software, intego.com.